pray so hard for my enemies. I wish them well with no other intent. Life is my promise, no guarantee. No guarantee, but you get what you get. Oh yeah, I'm back once again, and we have the NBA in-season tournament finals, the Chicken Wing Church's Chicken Finals. But before we get to that, we got a lot to talk about. All right. So Zach Levine is aware that the Bulls tried trading him in the summer. He's also grown tired of the internal debate within the Bulls organization that he can be a lead player on a championship contending team. (laughs) Yo, man, the more stories I hear about this poor organization as it currently stands, well, (laughs) I really can't call an organization poor without recognizing that the organization that I support is poor too, says a Pistons fan. But still, the Bulls are a poor organization because they haven't even been to a finals since 1996. I mean, 1998. I'm sorry. 98. But, um, there was a debate on whether. Zach could be a leader of a championship contending team. That was no debate at all. He's not. He is a piece of the team. He's a second option, maybe a third option on a championship team that main job is to score. I mean, Levine, come on, man. I don't know why you salty that the Bulls tried to trade you. Don't you want out? You only re-signed to the Bulls because they paid you. But if you had the opportunity to go elsewhere in that free agency that was offering around the same amount, you would have went there. There shouldn't really be an internal debate on this. The Bulls should... I've been saying this the last three years that the Bulls should break up Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic. But it seems like they might keep Vucevic because they paid him. And once Levine and DeRozan do leave, it's going to be like when Vucevic was on the Orlando Magic. Let's talk about the Warriors' struggles here. A lot of Warrior fans that I see on social media, they have grown tired of Wiggins and um, Wiggins and um, Clay Thompson's poor play. I mean, I've been saying that Klay Thompson should come off the bench. He'd be much more dangerous alongside Chris Paul with that group of players. I think Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga need to be elevated to the starting lineup over Draymond and Klay. 
I've been saying this. And the Warriors seem to be a better team and play better once when those other two guys are on the floor. I mean, if you look at where the Warriors stand currently as it stands, currently they're 10 and 12 in the 11th seed in the Western Conference. And that's not the Warriors' way. And if GM Mike Dunleavy is smart, he would make a trade for an all-star caliber player or uh, an all-star period to, you know, come through and help Steph Curry. But here's the, I mean, the Warriors' problem is they can't close out a game. Or they can't hold on to leads in a game. They just can't. The Washington Wizards are believed to be interested in Patrick Williams. Why? Why? Patrick Williams has been stinking it up ever since he's been drafted. And I've been telling Bulls fans this for years, that that dude is a draft bust, ladies and gentlemen. Like, what has he done? He has not made no impact. I thought when they drafted Patrick Williams, I thought he was going to be a a valuable piece alongside those three former All-Stars. But apparently I was wrong. But then again, you know, the Washington Wizards are the Washington Wizards, and this is a Washington Wizards caliber move. So, I mean, if I'm the Bulls, I'd cut ties with dude. I'd trade that nigga ASAP. But these two teams making a trade makes my stomach hurt. I mean, they both suck. They both mid. They both not going to make the playoffs. So even a deal for Patrick Williams does not make either team better, I'll bet. And it's just the Bulls' attempt of getting rid of dead weight for dead weight type of situation. I mean, I haven't watched this entire trial. But I did catch a piece of it, man. Do do y'all see the lawyer that Young Thug and YSL got, bro? Like, these, these guys are really up at court decoding lyrics and making random acronyms that <laughs> we all know didn't, didn't exist. But, dog, the way that he is decoding the YSL members and Young Thug's lyrics are fucking hilarious. Like, that lawyer is smooth, bro. But Young Thug posted this, right? He said, swag means someone who admires God. YSL is young soldiers of the Lord. Slap means show love all the time. Op is overly positive, pal. Slime means seeing Lord in me every day. Gang means going above normal guys. Pause. Glock means guarding lives, overcoming challenges. That is funny, bro. (laughs) Like, with this type of testimony... Does this mean that them YSL niggas is going to get off? I hope so. I hope all those guys be free and back to doing what they do. Whatever it is. Kyrie Irving, man. Wow. Had sustained a leg foot injury when teammate Dwight Powell's entire body fell on him. 
Now, he was able to, like, he was in high spirits, according to some of the team. Now, his status, you know, there's, you know, Kyrie's, Kyrie Irving's injury is not serious. It's like an injury to his heel. And nothing cracked or broke. So, he could be available Monday. But, you know, of course, his status is uncertain. Kyrie Irving has dealt with a a lot of injuries throughout his entire career. And I think they've prevented him from getting to that next level where he could be like the best guard in the league. It's kind of the same thing that T-Mac went through. But get well soon to Kyrie Irving. And man, oh man, oh man. If I wasn't right, I was right. Zion Williamson reportedly doesn't listen to New Orleans Pelican staff where they have repeatedly told him that his diet and conditioning need to improve. This guy is content with being overweight. And it's only a matter of time before he eats himself out of the league. I told y'all, man. This dude has no killer instinct. The only time he shows killer instinct is when he's at a buffet. Or at a seafood restaurant. And he's in the worst fucking city. In New Orleans that specialize in that gumbo. Rapper 2 Chains got into a car accident over the weekend. We're told that he suffered neck injuries and possibly other injuries as well, but he is in stable condition in the hospital. Thank God that he didn't have any life-threatening injuries, man. Get well soon to, to, to the homie 2 Chains, man. Your album with Wheezy F is dope. But yeah, man, I forgot to, uh, (laughs) yo, I just went right into it, but we got new music Fridays as well. We got two releases, man. Before we get to all these games and such, let's talk about it. Now, first up, I mean, it's all women that came out with records or whatever, but Let's talk Nicki Minaj, man. Nicki Minaj released her highly anticipated fifth studio album, Pink Friday 2. I was interested to see, like, what she was going to come with. And um, I'm just going to get right into it. So the album starts off with um, Are You Gone Already? And it features Billie Eilish. Um, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I mean, yes, this song is about the birth of her child. I'm glad that she is talking about that. We, Because the world hasn't heard her actually speak on the situation through her music. But as far as my thoughts on the song, it's mid. I don't really care for it. I've heard better songs dedicated to their children. And the situations that they went through carrying a child. I just think it's a pack of mid. Barbie Dangerous. This is fucking fire. I definitely fuck with this one. I mean, she interpolates the uh, flow that Biggie used on Notorious Thugs, but Nikki switches up the flow and she does pretty good with it. Fuck the club up. Um. 
I'ma just tell you this, man. Lotto, Lotto made a song called Fuck the Club Up First. <laughs> KRS made an album called Blueprint First. <laughs> but, you know, it seems like she's taking shots at uh, Megan Thee Stallion on here. You know, she has a lyric talking about stay in your Tory Lane. I'm not Iggy. You know, and she, you know, this is kind of like a subliminal diss record. I mean, the beat is crazy. I mean, ATL Jacob, I mean, come on. But um, as far as the track is concerned, mid, don't really care for this too much. Beat beep is fire. I heard that 50 Cent's adding a verse to beat beep. That would be, that would be dope as hell, in my opinion. But beep beep, that motherfucker, that motherfucker slap. Not gonna hold y'all. Falling for you. Another ATL Jacob classic right here. I like this song, man. I fuck with it. Let me calm down with J. Cole. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with y'all. This track is mid. Mid as hell. And J. Cole's verse is good, don't get me wrong, but it's the weakest J. Cole verse that's been, you know, this year. And that says a lot because the verse is good. But I'm not a fan of this song. I'm not going back to playing this song or nothing like that. But this nigga ATL Jacob got that bag from Nicki, though. But I get the song. The song is supposed to be a song with substance of, of some sort. I don't really care for it. I'm not a big fan of it. Not at all. R&B featuring Lil Wayne and Tate Cobain. I like the song, but Lil Wayne... <laughs> you know, this is supposed to be like a little love song or whatever, but <laughs> Lil Wayne's vocabulary was very abusive. <laughs> it was a little too abusive for the song. It kind of ruined the vibe of it. But it doesn't ruin the entire song. Like, I'd probably go back to this one for sure. Pink Birthday. Um, this is cool, man. I actually enjoyed this record. I, I definitely fuck with it. Yeah, I definitely like this song. You know, Nicki Minaj don't miss on them freak freak records, bro. Needle featuring Drake. This is probably one of my favorite records on the album to me. It's an Afrobeat vibe, but I definitely like this shit, man. 100%. Cowgirl featuring Lordius. Um, This is a good pop record. I can see this being a pop hit. Very good pop attempt. Everybody with Lil Uzi Vert, I'm going to be completely honest. This is the worst song on the album. But you know what? Despite my personal thoughts on it, I think it's going to be a major hit record because of the sample. You know what I'm saying? And this is basically great value, just want to rock. It's going to be a hit because it's Lil Uzi Vert number one. And the sample... And the concept is the reason why it's all going to be a hit. But if you ask my personal opinion on this song, this was fucking horrible. I just couldn't, I couldn't get through the song. It's probably the only song that I couldn't get through 100% because it's like, I don't like this shit, bro. Big difference. Um, This is her. It's Nicki Minaj talking about, you know what I'm saying? It's a big difference between me and all these other female rappers. You know, this is her saying that, you know, I'm still the dog. I'm still the top dog out here. I'm still the man. <laughs> I'm the fucking man. Even though I'm a woman. My thoughts on the song. It's cool. It's a dope album filler. Red Ruby the Sleaze. I got to apologize to Nicki Minaj on this one. I slept on this song. When I first heard it, I wasn't really that interested. But hearing the song again, 
This is dope as fuck. This is probably the best song on the album. No doubt. The sample's dope. And I fuck with it heavy. Ford from Trini featuring Skang and Skillet Bang. It's another uh, Afrobeat record. And um, it's a decent album filler. Pink Friday Girls. Eh, another pop attempt, but not as good as the other one. You know, I wasn't, I'm not really a fan of Pink Friday Girls. It's like her sampling girls just want to have fun. That's this Nikki swag, though. Don't get it twisted, but um, I just wasn't feeling it. It just wasn't for me. Super Freaky Girl. I also. I also slept on how decent this song really is because I felt like this song was overrated. But looking back on it, it's straight. But Super Freaky Girl, definitely worthy of a hit record. It's okay. Just okay. And this shit way better than Anaconda, bro. Like, bomb bomb. This was fucking fire. I fuck with that heavy. My life. I definitely love this shit. I like this track right here for show. Nikki Hendrix with Future. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. This track could have done without Future on it. The track is uh is much better without Future on it. It's just me. A lot of people gonna go go gas this shit up, but this was pretty mid. Blessings featuring Tasha Cobbs Leonard. This is fire, fire. Hot fire. You know, just pretty much the uh, vibe of rap and gospel rolled together as one. Definitely enjoyed that. Last time I saw you, I understand why this was a single. This is a really good song. I truly think that. This song should really be bigger than what it, it what it is, to be honest. Pause. But last time I saw you was a great record. Just the memories. This was cool. All in all, um, Pink Friday 2. I don't think there was much expectations on this album. However, I did put a little pressure on Nicki Minaj to release a more mature album and some of uh, a few of the songs do reflect the uh mature aspect of Nicki Minaj but and I'm proud of Nicki Minaj for not saying for only saying these bitches are my sons one time but I mean this with all true respect Nicki Minaj is someone who is stuck in the past she reminisces about her past reign at the top as the uh, most wanted female artist. She's not that anymore. She is someone that's a legend that's already carved her lane. She is somebody that is very talented and nice on the mic, but her career and her albums have never matched her hype and her talent. Pink Friday 2 is average at best. Does it have bangers? Yes. Is there songs that I'm willing to come back to? Yes. But is this a classic album? Absolutely not. Is it a good album? It's okay. But we have to be honest with ourselves. Overall, Nicki Minaj has not released a classic album. Not one. She has 
one dope album in the pink print where she got the closest to it that was released during the top of her prime. But, you know, with all good things, they must come to an end and what goes up must come down. I'm not really a Nicki Minaj fan, but I did have expectations. I did ex- expect that this album was going to be her best album, and she failed to meet my expectations with an average release. I mean, 22 songs is too many songs, in my opinion. If she cuts this down to maybe uh, 16, 15, we could have got that classic that I've been waiting on. But this is on the same level as the original Pink Friday. I know a lot of y'all are going to say, oh man, but Pink Friday had all those hit records on it. But it wasn't a good album though. It was just average, just like this one. But Nikki definitely got, I kind of like, I think I said I like 12 songs out of the 22 records that I'd personally go back and play. So it's not like, I'm not saying this album is trash. It's not trash. It's just average at best. Kevin Samuels voice. Now let's move on to the album that I've been anticipating for quite a while here. Hit Kid released an album with four dope-ass female artists called Renegade. And all of them are based out of Memphis. Rappers Aliza, Slime Roni, K Carbon, and Gloss Up teamed up with Hit Kid to release an album called Renegade. And I'm excited to review this, and I couldn't wait. And they're all affiliated with Glorilla, who is on the album. I mean, she she technically is the fifth member of this group, but since she signed to uh, Yo Gotti, you know, she couldn't be on the album cover. She couldn't be billed like she could only be billed as a featured artist so that, you know, they wouldn't have to pay Yo Gotti the extra money and uh, CMG and their uh, distributor. So that was pretty smart by hit kid but let's review this shit y'all you the type which features uh aliza slime roni gloss up in k carbon this is dope as hell i mean it, well i'm gonna say this is a decent album filler i wouldn't have opened up with this but i get the concept of the record Set the tone one with all five girls on it. This is fire, y'all. It's just a classic hit kick, crump beat. When a, while Aliza Glorilla gloss up K Carbon and Slime Roni just tear this track to pieces. Doing too much featuring Aliza and gloss up. This is cool. This is a decent album filler. Hey yo, man. Gloss up can wrap her ass off. I'm not going to even fucking lie. Freak Junt featuring uh, Gloss Up and Juicy J. This was dope. Definitely a club banger. Not Average featuring Aliza, Gloss Up, K Carbon, and Slime Roni. Um, yo, this is this record got hit potential. I mean, I can see like a visual of this. You know, this is about, you know, these raggedy girls coming to the to Glorilla in them and, and, and Aliza's section, starting all types of drama. I, I definitely fuck with this. Calling me, featuring Aliza, Gloss Up, K Carbon, Slime Roni, featuring uh, Juicy Fruit, who's also a Memphis artist. This was okay. 
Not my favorite song on the album at all. Ghetto featuring Elisa, Glorilla, Gloss Up and Slime Roni. Fire. Hot fire. Lava featuring Elisa. This is cool. I'm glad Elisa is getting like a bigger look because she doesn't have enough solo music. You, you know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that she's getting a, a bigger look on this, this project. And, you know, they had put Fuck Nigga Free on here. Since this is technically Hit Kid's song with Glorilla. So I can see why they put Fuck Nigga Free on here. You already know what I think. It's pretty catchy. It's pretty dope. Side. Actually, I'm wrong. I mixed up Not Average with Section. Not Average. Okay, now I remember Not Average. I, I like that song. But Section was the record that I was talking about that had hit potential. It features all five girls. But Section is very catchy. Very fucking dope. No comment featuring Eliza, K Carbon, and Slime Roni. Fire. Set the Tone Part 2 featuring all five girls again. Fire. Shibuya, um, the original. This is very catchy. And I get what they were trying to do with the record. It's a it's an ill-ass concept. Very catchy, but it's not my favorite record by them, though, nor my favorite by these girls. Mm-mm, featuring just Aliza. This is all right. Decent album filler. We outside. Hey, this is this is like vintage crunk right here. It features Aliza, Gloss Up, K Carbon, and Slime Roni. This definitely got hit potential as well. We got the Fuck Nigga Free remix. With Glorilla, JT, and Lotto. Hey, man. JT kind of killed that shit. I ain't going to hold you. Shibuya Remix featuring Gloss Up, Elisa K. Carbon, Slime Roni, and Lola Brooke. Fire. Lola Brooke had a pretty decent verse until she started chanting at the end of it. I wasn't feeling that part, but other than that, Shibuya Remix, I fucks with it. All in all, Hit Kid Renegade definitely gave, gives you early 2000s crunk vibes. Meanwhile, K-Carbon, Slime Roni, Aliza, and Gloss Up. Definitely carry the, the project well with their shit talking and their crump music and their ratchet music. It definitely gives reminds me of early 2000s crump. It's, it's kind of giving 36 Mafia vibes without all the devil worshiping and 666 shit. But they do come from Memphis, so you can understand why. I mean, obviously. Glorilla's the star. I think Gloss Up has star potential. Aliza's kind of like the low-key underrated one, but she she got a style of her own. She talks a whole lot of shit. K-Carbon probably might be the best rapper out the group, in my personal opinion. If we, we speaking on bars and execution, I say K-Carbon's probably the lyricist out the group and then slime roni's the uh the one in the group that's different that can channel different styles she does things a little bit different than the other girls she's kind of like the rock star of the group but my thoughts on this is i mean k carbon and slime roni kill every verse on here in my opinion Alright, before we get to the main event, let's look at um, Friday's games. 
because there are a lot of games that I got to cover and I got to knock this shit down. Get your popcorn. All right, the Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Atlanta Hawks 125 to 114. DeAndre Hunter had 24 points. Clint Capella had 15 points, 16 rebounds. Sadiq Bey had 16 points. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 20 points, 9 rebounds. DeJounte Murray had 20 points and 9 assists. They were without the services of Trey Young, who was out due to an illness. Joel Embiid continues to wreak havoc on the NBA, looking like he wants that second straight MVP. We'll see. He had 38 points and 14 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey had 30 points and 7 assists. And DeAnthony Melton had 15 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Oh boy, the Pistons raised that streak. I believe it is at 19 straight losses now. As the Orlando Magic defeated the Detroit Pistons 123-91. to Kate Cunningham, 21 points, 6 assists. Killian Hayes, 16.7 rebounds. Got to be a career high for that guy. And Alec Burks with 14 points off the bench. Franz Watner had 27 points. Paolo Banchero had 24 points. And Cole Anthony had 16 points and 6 assists off the bench. Just a supreme ass whooping by the Orlando Magic. The Charlotte Hornets defeated the Toronto Raptors 119 to 116 as Scotty Barnes recorded a triple double and they still lost. Damn. Scotty Barnes had 31 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Pascal Siakam had 25 points. And Precious Achua had 17 points and 10 rebounds off the bench. Charlotte had four players score over 20 points. Terry Rozier had 21 points, 13 assists. Brandon Miller had 20 points. Miles Bridges had 22 points, 8 rebounds. Gordon Hayward had 24 points. Nick Richards had 15 points off the bench. That was a very close game. That could have went either way. I mean, Raptors and Hornets are on the same level, so I kind of expected this. The Boston Celtics defeated the New York Knicks 133-123. to 123. As Kristaps Porzingis returned to the lineup for the Boston Celtics. Wow, the New York Knicks had six niggas at double figures and still lost. That's crazy. RJ Barrett had 23 points. Julius Randle had 20 points. Jalen Brunson had 23 points. Manuel quickly had 17 points. Quentin Grimes had 13 points off the bench. Let's look at Boston. Six niggas in double figures. Jason Tatum, 25 points, six rebounds, five assists. Derek White, 30 points. Al Horford, 14 points, 10 rebounds off the bench. Jalen Brown, 17 points. Just nothing the Knicks could do with the Boston Celtics. The Brooklyn Nets defeated the Washington Wizards 124-97 as the Nets continued their run. Jordan Poole, 8 points, 3-7 from the field. Gotta be disappointed at, at Poole's lack of aggression. Kyle Kuzma, 17 points. Denny Avija, 15 points. Six niggas in double figures for the Brooklyn Nets as Mikal Bridges 21 points, Cam Thomas 17 points, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, 14 points, 9 assists, Dayron Sharp 15 points, 11 rebounds off the bench, Royce O'Neal 13 points off the bench. Nothing more you could say about a blowout. Golden State Warriors. Oh, man. The Oklahoma City Thunder defeated the Golden State Warriors 138 to 136. Golden State had this game. They led most of the game, and they let OKC get back into the game. 
and take the shit to overtime and win. And it seems like the Thunder have the Warriors number. Let's look at the Warriors. Um, Steph Curry had 34 points. Klay Thompson had 22 points. Draymond Green had 12 points, 13 assists. Andrew Wiggins had 12 points. Jonathan Kaminga, 24 points, 12 rebounds off the bench. Wow. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 38 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, and a block. Damn. Chet Holmgren, 21 points, 7 rebounds. Jalen Williams, 28 points. Lou Dort, 16 points. Kaysen Wallace, 10 points off the bench. The Minnesota Timberwolves continue their Cinderella story run as they defeated the uh, Memphis Grizzlies 127-103. Carl Anthony Towns, 24.7 rebounds, 5 assists. Rudy Gobert, 16 points, 20 rebounds. Mike Conley, 19 points. Troy Brown Jr., 20 points off the bench. Shake Milton, 17 points off the bench. Wow. That's a first. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., 21 points. Desmond Bain, 16 points. Nothing more you could say. This is just a blowout. Cleveland Cavaliers defeated the Miami Heat 111-99 as Donovan Mitchell had 27 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Darius Garland, 18 points, 6 assists. Gorgas Niang had 13 points. Like, how did they win this game? Seriously. Heat had six niggas at double figures and they still lost. That's crazy. Jimmy Butler, 16 points. Caleb Martin, 15 points. Kyle Lowry, 17 points. Kevin Love, 14 points, 12 rebounds off the bench. Josh Richardson, 17 points off the bench. Yami Yaquez Jr., 14 points off the bench. Again, how the fuck did Miami lose this game? I guess it was just Donovan Mitchell's performance that put... The Cavs over the top. Ew. This is a nasty matchup. Nasty work. The Chicago Bulls defeated the San Antonio Spurs 112 to 121. Um, DeMar DeRozan, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists. Patrick Williams shockingly had a good game. 20 points. Uh, Nikola Vucevic had 21 points, 16 rebounds. Kobe White had 24 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Torrey Craig had 16 points, 8 rebounds off the bench. I don't know why the Bulls can't play like this every night. But then again, they did play San Antonio, who is on a losing streak of their own. Victor Wimbignama, though, showed out. 21 points, 20 rebounds, 4 blocks, 4 assists. That's a pretty great stat line. And a steal. Keldon Johnson, 20 points. Trey Jones, 18 points, 8 assists off the bench. And Zach Collins, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists off the bench. The Sacramento Kings defeated the Phoenix Suns 114 to 106. The Suns were out were without the services of Kevin Durant. And they pretty much hung in there up until the end against the Kings. Um, DeMontis Sabonis had 15 points, 17 rebounds, 5 assists. Keegan Murray, 13 points. De'Aaron Fox, 34 points, 7 assists. Malik Monk, 13 points off the bench. And Sasha Vesganov, 14 points off the bench. Let's look at Phoenix. Devin Booker, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Eric Gordon, 19 points. Joseph Nurkic, 15 points. And that's all she wrote for the Phoenix Suns. Hey, yo, man. The Rockets got the Nuggets number, man. It seems like 
the Nuggets have hit a slump, so to speak. The Houston Rockets defeated the uh, Denver Nuggets 114-106. Alperin Shingun, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Dylan Brooks, 16 points. Jalen Green, 25 points. Fred Van Vliet, 26 points. Nikola Jokic, 23 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists. Jamal Murray, 21 points. Catavius Caldwell-Pope, 14 points. Michael Porter Jr., 20 points. And Peyton Watson with 13 points off the bench. Houston pretty much controlled this entire game up until the fourth quarter when Denver went on a run, but the Rockets immediately shut that shit down. The Dallas Mavericks defeated the Portland Trailblazers 125 to 112. Luka Doncic, 32 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists. Dante Exum, 23 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. Kyrie Irving, 11 points. Tim Hardaway Jr., 20 points off the bench. Anthony Simons returned to the lineup as he scored 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 8 assists in his return. Shaden Sharp had 24 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Scoot Henderson had 10 points off the bench. The Los Angeles Clippers defeated the Utah Jazz 117-103. to As Kawhi Leonard, 41 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. If he can play like that every night, the Clippers could be a championship contender. Paul George had 20 points. Avica Zubak had 18 points, 12 rebounds. James Harden had 12 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. Utah was without uh, Laurie Markkinen again as Laurie Markkinen is becoming a trade target. Coughs, Golden State. Anyway, John Collins, 20 points, 13 rebounds. Keontae George, 15 points. Kelly Olenek, 13 points off the bench. Taylor Horton Tucker, 15 points off the bench. And Colin Sexton, 13 points off the bench. All right, now, we are at the main event. Y'all been patiently waiting, just like an AIDS test. What's the result? All right, fuck it. All right, the Los Angeles Lakers win the East End Season Tournament as they defeated the Indiana Pacers 123-109. to Let's look at the box scores before we talk about the, my overall thoughts on this end season tournament shit. I mean, y'all already know how I felt based on last show, but I'm just talking about what I was right about. All right. Tyrese Halliburton, 20 points, 11 assists. Shot 8 of 14 from the field. Not bad. Obi Toppin, 13 points. Miles Turner, 10 points. Benedict Matherin, 20 points off the bench. Aaron Neesmith, 15 points. Miles Turner, AD had Miles Turner in foul trouble. He fouled out of this game. And once he fouled out, it was over. Anthony Davis, 41 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists. AD, you're capable of doing this every single night. Why don't you fucking do it? LeBron James was also... Uh, we'll get to him. LeBron James had 24 points, 11 rebounds. D'Angelo Russell had 13 points. Austin Reeves, 28 points off the bench. And LeBron James was named the in-season tournament MVP. I told y'all. The NBA leaked the script. I know y'all saw my image on TikTok and YouTube showing that the NBA store where you purchase NBA gear online, of course, leaked that the Lakers were going to be the in-season tournament champions. I told y'all, this ain't hate. It's just facts that y'all can't deny. I told y'all that the Lakers are going to run through the in-season tournament because of their group, 
and their path through the tournament was weak. You play a Suns team without Bradley Beal. You played the New Orleans Pelicans, who are scared of you. And then you go to the finals to face Indiana, who hasn't been battle-tested. Well, I mean, who has been battle-tested themselves. And their group that they were in was trash. They had Phoenix. They had Memphis. They had Utah. Just complete hot garbage. My overall thoughts is I'm happy that the players played a little bit harder to uh, begin the season. But this doesn't mean nothing. This ain't shit. But more, but a marketing ploy to compete with the NFL and to make players play harder. And we all knew that the Lakers were going to win the in-season tournament. And we all knew that LeBron James was going to win the in-season tournament MVP. The script was written. We already knew this. I'm just disappointed that Tyrese Halliburton wasn't a lot more aggressive. I think he should have really had 30 and, and, and 10 today. That's the only thing that I can say. Another thing that I can say was this was actually a fair game up until the fourth quarter. They fairly called the game right for three quarters. The free throws are around the same. I guess uh <laughs> I guess the NBA must have heard uh my last show, huh? Or the fans complaining about free throw differential so that we can't use this excuse. No, I can't. This was actually a fairly called game. Indiana just faltered at the end of the game and couldn't handle Los Angeles runs. And I think that the Lakers were a bad matchup for the Pacers. I don't think the Pacers had a chance. But on the flip side, at least I'm above 500 with my uh, in-season tournament picks. That put a little smirk on my face. But all right, y'all, that is my show for the night. This is King Known Uncensored, New Music Fridays, the in-season tournament finals, and I'm out.